It is Thursday, the 27th of August, 2020. I have nothing really witty or uh, clever to say here, other than here we are again uh, with more bullshit in this country. So the politically agnostic program might be less politically agnostic today. So if you don't want to hear it, uh, if you don't want to sit through the serious shit to get to the nonsense, um, you, you don't have to listen. Thank you. I appreciate your you coming, but uh, that'll that'll do. So uh, all of that and so much more. Episode number, I think we're on, is this the Larry Bird episode? I think it is, number 33. Uh, yeah, episode 33, Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? By now, almost everybody is probably aware of everything that has gone on in Wisconsin over the course of the last few days. Uh, The shooting of uh, Jacob Blake by an officer, and then the subsequent uh, shooting and killing of a couple protesters um, followed up uh, yesterday, the day prior. I really didn't want to get into this because, quite frankly, I mean, I'm, I'm, one, I'm not privy to discuss how it is to be a black person in this country. I've mentioned that before. Um, so I don't really have, I, I don't think I have the right to speak on that because I, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Um, But at the same time, I mean, the thing that I cannot, I just can't seem to wrap my head around any of it. Now, maybe it's just that I'm not intelligent enough to understand what brings or what makes people so afraid of people who look different from them. That's the thing that I can't wrap my head around. Because it is entirely fear-based. It is only fear. That's it. The the officer that shot uh, Jacob Blake was he was obviously in fear of his life. Now we don't know at this point. What is it? Noon time here. Roughly noon time on the twenty seventh of August details into uh you know what caused his fear is not entirely known you have a lot of people saying that it was a knife in his car okay well i don't think that's a reason to shoot somebody seven times i have a knife in my car should i get shot seven times during a, a traffic stop i don't think so and it wasn't a traffic stop So we don't know the intimate details of what happened, and I'm sure we will at some point once an investigation is done, but you're left with the the immediate 
uh, shock of it once again, which is always what causes the problem to begin with is the shock of it. Because, you know, when you see these things on video, there's a shock factor to it. And now you have the instant reaction of anger, which it has to be justified in some way. And you have to think it's justified in some way. You have, it's just everybody is so fucking afraid of, I I don't want to say everything because I don't really think that's accurate, but. You know, the reaction that you see on the news and the reaction that you see on social media, it's because of fear. And part of it is because it's been instilled in us for hundreds of years to be afraid of people that look different than you. Whether it's uh, white people afraid of black people, vice versa. Um, you know, white people afraid of Italians and Irish back in in the early 1900s. Fear, just straight up fear. And for what reason? There's zero justification behind it. There's literally no reason to fear someone who looks different than you. There's, there's, There's no logical reason behind it. There isn't. You can't tell me that there is because there's, there's no logic behind it other than your fear and your how you feel about these other people who don't look like you. And I cannot wrap my fucking head around it. I I don't understand it. And again, maybe that just maybe I'm not smart enough to understand why. But I mean, obviously, you know, the people that are so fearful are taught that fear. Who teaches them that fear is up for interpretation. And when you hear it constantly from one side of the aisle to be so afraid, afraid of of immigrants and afraid of uh, people that look different than you living in the suburbs and shit like that, when you hear that, that's going to cause more fear. And that's the problem. Instead of trying to deal with shit rationally, it, it's just, again, and I, I, I keep repeating it because that's the only thing that I can think of, is that you're just simply afraid. And so the kid that drove from Illinois the 30 miles up to Wisconsin to you know defend a property that wasn't his... And again, there's probably more to that story, so I'm, I'm not going to jump to too many conclusions other than he shot two people and, and, and killed a couple people. You, you, yeah. That's a, that's a conclusion that can be drawn, is that what, he didn't belong there, first and foremost. Crossed state lines with a weapon that he shouldn't have had. He's only 17. What's he doing? You can't justify that. And you got people already trying to justify it somehow. Self-defense. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, somebody hit him with a skateboard. Oh, well then. I, I think I would trade getting hit with a skateboard than taking a bullet to the fucking brain. But that's just me. What do I know? But it goes back to what I started with. Is it, This kid obviously was afraid of something. It's just fearful. Constant fear. Lives in fear. 
so much so that he felt the need to get in his car and drive, uh, you know, with his rifle. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that he was looking for trouble. I, I, I would hope not. And again, that's my uh, naivete, and I've, I've mentioned that before. I, deep down, I like to think that people are genuinely good. But when shit like this happens, it really fucks with me. And it drives me nuts. And it makes me so fucking sad to see this. Like, it's genuinely depressing when, you know, you see, you see other people that get to this point in their life. Like, how the fuck does that happen? What has possessed this young man to get in a car and fucking drive with his rifle? And I don't care what he did or said prior to that. He fucking pulled the trigger however, however many times that took another person's life. And for what? For what? I cannot fucking wrap my head around it. I just don't fucking get it. And I, I, I am in such a place of privilege being... Uh, you know, <laughs> middle-class suburban white guy. And I'm, I, I've recognized that for a very long time. But I, you know, I am baffled how we can still be in this place. And honestly, worse than ever. It is... Uh, you know, nothing that I say is going to, it's going to change anything. And that's, I think that's, that's depressing too, because the only thing that I can do is what I'm doing right now, which is say shit into a microphone, you know, make donations to things that I think will help the causes. But I mean, uh, my God, I just, I'm afraid that nothing's going to change. That's my fear. And I wish I had I wish I had a better way to articulate it. But again, I'm not I'm not smart enough to to know how to do that. The only thing that I can say is that I hope that out of this comes more people looking within themselves and realizing that whatever it is that they thought is is not correct. So if there is somebody out there who was so fearful of somebody that looked different from them or voted differently from them or any anything that they they look within themselves and they realize that what they've thought is not the way that they should be thinking. And again, and I said from the jump, I try to keep this this program as politically agnostic as possible. I think at this point, anybody that's listened or that knows me knows that I am uh, typically left-leaning, especially when it comes to social issues. So my projection of where this country is going is, is not ideal. This has been just a garbage year for a thousand different reasons. And what happened in the last couple of days and then what happened 
yesterday in Louisiana, that fucking storm is going to cause so much fucking problems. So much problems. So many fucking problems. And like, that's a whole other fucking can of worms. And where we get, you know, and how things progress here in the next few months is going to be very, very telling for the future of, of this country. I will not be voting for the current administration. I think that's fairly obvious. Do I think that, um, do I think that the Democrats can come in and fix shit and make things all uh, rosy and better? Absolutely fucking not. No. Both sides are not, I don't want to say equally inept. Both sides are just inept. In my view, one side is far worse than the other, but the alternative isn't exactly, uh, you know, roses and fucking rainbows. So let's, let's get that out of the way. But I'm rambling. It's been 12 minutes of just rambling because I really, I don't know. I don't know how to fucking explain it. And, and, you know, I can't be one of these people that's like, oh, all cops are bad. That's because it's not the case. It's not true. I heard an amazing analogy months ago, and I don't know if I've said this on the show previously, but how the police department is is, uh, similar to the Catholic Church, where uh, not all priests are going to fuck your kids. Not all cops are going to kill uh, black people or anybody else. It's just, it's not how it is. I know a lot of, of of good people that are police officers. And I'd like to think that, you know, they're in the majority, but I don't know. It just sucks. (laughs) That's the long and the short of it is that it fucking sucks. It puts everybody in a really shitty position. I shouldn't even say everybody because that's not true because you got a lot of fucking people that are spouting off all kinds of fucking bullshit. If you spend any more than fucking two minutes on Twitter reading anything about any of this stuff, if you don't, if you don't immediately turn that shit off after two minutes, not completely fucking nauseated at the shit that you read on there, well, then you're part of the problem. And you're probably one of the ones that are typing all the fucking shit and listen to some of these fucking crazy ass grifters. The num the amount of fucking grift on that site from these people that are just trying to fucking squeeze a dime or a living out of this nonsense just blows my fucking mind. Grift. Great word. Use it. Anyway. Uh the NBA last night, I mean, I, I I can't fault these guys. I can't fault them at all. They have zero power in the grand scheme of things. They're just sports. It's it's a sports are a uh, a reward for a functioning society. Sean Doolittle, who plays for the Nationals, relief pitcher, sharp dude, said that a while ago and he's 1000% correct 
So if you have athletes that don't want to participate, that's the only sort of power that they have. They have that's the only option. They're not they're not comfortable, so they don't play, which makes sense, and I don't blame them for it whatsoever. I'm curious to see how that plays out. I was very surprised to see uh, a handful of baseball teams make the same decision. I would have thought that the NHL would have stopped too, but then again, the NHL is fucking clueless. So, didn't really surprise me. And then the Bruins go out and get fucking shellacked. Which just made a shitty day even shittier. But, um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm very curious to see... Um, you know, what the reaction is to some of these people that have said some of these fucking shitty things that Tucker Carlson, honestly, f- what the fuck is with this guy? Fuck that guy. Oh my God. You want to talk grift? I mean, that dude, he fucking, he knows where his bread is buttered and he does his job exceptionally well. And his job is to fucking get people talking about Tucker Carlson. Unfortunately, he's a fucking shithead. So, a lot of grift. Now I'm I'm 16 minutes into this, which is not what I wanted to do. Um... There was a handful of things that I did want to talk about today. Uh, I want to talk about Lionel Messi, even though nobody likes to talk about soccer. I found that story fascinating. Dan Snyder, um, another piece of shit. wanted to talk about him. So I may... I may talk about that shit. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But here's a commercial. Okay... Um, where to now? Not sure. Couple of things. So, apparently, uh, the NBA, the players have decided, as of a few minutes ago, that they are going to continue to play, um, finish the playoffs, which honestly, to me, makes some sense, um... I think they have a much bigger platform being where they are than if they all decide to go home. Did I just hit that again? Shit. Sorry about that. Then if they all decided to go home. Uh, But as I said earlier, I'll be very interested to see how this plays out moving forward. It'll be very interesting for a number of different reasons. One, how many of these guys are going to have their head in the game um, and and to to actually play basketball? Um, How many of them are going to uh, to say or do something that's going to make news, which, honestly, I hope all of them do. Um, the thing that gets me is uh, Jalen Brown, who this kid is just... I, I'm starting to think that, and I think I, I said this on my Instagram. I don't know if I posted this on the show page or not, but Jalen, being an NBA player might end up being the the least of Jalen Brown's accomplishments. He's an incredibly smart young man. 
So I'm, I'm curious to see how this whole thing plays out, but I'm, I'm thrilled uh, that Jalen Brown has, has sort of been in the forefront, especially given that he plays for the Celtics and they happen to be my uh, uh, team of, uh, of choice, preferred club, if you will. I wonder how much time he has spent talking to Bill Russell. Bill Russell in the 60s, I, don't, I assume most of you know, was very similar. I mean, they the NBA, and I think it was, I think I was reading yesterday, 1968, um, they said they weren't going to play an all-star game. They were going to boycott uh, an all-star game, which for 1968 was huge. So I wonder, I wonder what those conversations have been like. Because my assumption is that the two of them have spoken. It would be, I think it would be very beneficial for Jalen Brown, uh, at least I would assume, to talk to Bill Russell. And I would imagine Bill Russell would want to speak to, to Jalen Brown. Bill Russell, who, greatest winner probably in the history of sports. And yet around here, it's as if he doesn't exist. It's weird. I shouldn't say that. That's probably not entirely accurate, but I think a bigger deal should be made of just how great that guy was for a very long period of time. So I suppose we can get back into the toy aisle here and see. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about Lionel Messi. So if you don't like soccer, please, um, uh, go fuck yourself or, you know, turn off the show. I don't care. The bigger point with Lionel Messi is that here is the greatest soccer player of all time saying that he does not want to play for his current club. He wants to leave. The variety of... The whole context behind the entire thing is that is incredibly interesting. He had it written into his contract that the end of every year he could decide if he wanted to leave free and clear. Otherwise, there was a 700 million euro uh, transfer fee, which for the uninitiated means if another club wants to come in and sign Lionel Messi, they would have to pay Barcelona 700 million euro, which I believe in, in U.S. dollars is roughly 835 million just to just to just to uh to have his rights not to act, and then and then they would have to negotiate actually signing him and i believe his wage his wage is roughly a million a week a million euros a week it's astonishing how much money is involved there astonishing well so messi's argument now is that because of the pandemic and the suspension of the season, uh, once the the Spanish La Liga season ended, he should be able to walk away. Whereas Barcelona is saying, well, no, actually, uh, that clause said that you had until June, and June has passed. So, uh, I mean, look, it is fucking loophole city. But you have a lot of clubs saying a lot of things about uh, I shouldn't even say a lot of clubs. There's only about four teams on the planet that could really sign him. 
that could afford a million euro a week. Like Manchester City, um, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Juventus, I think Inter Milan was another one. Um, but that's pretty much it. It's incredibly limited for the services of the greatest soccer player to ever play the game. It, there's really, you can't put it into any sort of, you can't compare it to anything else. You know, I mean, I guess you could say, let's say Michael Jordan, instead of retiring after the first three seasons, he decided, uh, after the first three championships, sorry, that he wanted to go play for another team and that there was some really weird loophole for him to, to, to get out. And now there's fighting And my, honestly, in my, in my heart of hearts, I would imagine that that's exactly what he wanted to do. He didn't, I mean, Jordan just said he was tired. He didn't want to play anymore. He wanted to play baseball. Well, okay. I don't entirely believe that, but I think he probably would have preferred to play for another team. That's about the closest thing that I can compare it to. You can sort of look at, you know, Babe Ruth back in 1917, I think, is when he was sold. No, 19... Ooh, geez, that's not right. Might have been 1920. I can't remember. And I don't really feel like looking it up. But he wasn't the greatest player on the planet at the time. He became the greatest player in baseball after he was sold. But that's really the, I mean, those are the two closest things. So now, the thing that he fascinates me even more is that he announced his intentions to the club via fax, which led me down a real rabbit hole to find out how the fuck is this guy still sending faxes? Somebody made a good point, and I made a comment on the uh athletic.com on the on their story about it i'm like what's i mean is nobody going to talk about the fact that he sent a fax what is this fucking night you know 1985 a fax somebody said well it has to do with like legal issues and signatures and contracts and things like that okay well fine you know you could hand deliver it or you could pay a courier you got to send a fax like who's what happens if the fax doesn't go through believe me I am well-versed in faxing. I had a job a handful of years ago, back then when I had a job. Hmm. Hmm, wow. Jobs. Uh, where I had to fax a lot. And I it was... I had to fax, you know, sometimes 40, 50, 60 pages uh, to the state. And it sucked. Because a lot of times their fucking fax machines didn't work. Imagine that. I would imagine that, uh, you know, Barcelona has a better fax receiving setup than the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. But what do I know? I don't know. I just found that strange that he sent a fax. He could have sent a letter. Could have sent a courier. Could have had his agent, like, go over there. His agent is his father. He could have said, hey, dad, uh, you want to take a ride over there and just drop off this letter? Fucking Jesus. Uh, Fly. We got fruit flies in this basement. I can't fucking figure out why. There's no fruit down here. I don't know. If anybody knows of, like, why fruit flies would fly around when there's no fruit or food. There's no food in the basement. 
Gotta be something. I just don't know what. But I found that incredibly interesting. And the whole the whole thing. The thing with soccer is there is an absurd amount of money in that sport. And it comes from absurd places. Even if you don't give two shits about the sport itself, the workings behind the global sport is fascinating. And the number of people, like shit, legitimately shitty people that have their hands in professional soccer is amazing. It really is amazing. And when, then when you think about the just the, the number of different people, not just shitty people, but just entirely different people. Russian oligarchs have long been fascinated with professional soccer. Manchester City is owned by a Russian oligarch who made his money in, uh, you know, mining in northern Russia in the in the 90s and he built his company it he built his company on on he started from nothing it's amazing and now he owns the world's biggest yacht at least i think he now has the world's biggest yacht either either he did or he uh does now and he's been trading places with a with a saudi prince those people also have their money in professional soccer. Spend some time digging around that shit and you'll find that it is fucking, it's filthy. It's way more filthy than uh, American sports, like hands down. And I think some American sports owners are fucking filthy, i.e. Dan Snyder. I think Dan Snyder is just the, like the weird kid in high school who was in like the AV class and would fucking snicker around uh, attractive girls and got caught like sniffing panties in the locker room or something. That's what Dan Snyder fucking reminds me of. Because this fucking clown like oh we're doing a the team is going to do a uh, a cheerleader video and he's got his fucking goons down there making other videos of uh, what they called the good stuff, quote unquote, according to the story in the post. So he has his own fucking 10 minute private video of these girls like changing and doing God knows what. Like, so this fucking creep becomes a, a multimillionaire and buys a, a, a football team and now he's a multi-billionaire because of that meanwhile he's too fucking stupid to just run a a a normal business and be a fucking creep privately he has to be a public you get way too many fucking people involved in your creepiness eventually somebody's gonna fucking find out that you're a goddamn creep keep that fucking shit under wraps man god why just it blo- it, another thing that just fucking I can't figure out why are rich people so goddamn stupid? Like Jeff Bezos is the richest person on the planet, and that fucking idiot is sending dick pics to people. What the fuck? I don't need to see. I don't. It, it just stupid. Like don't don't fucking do that shit. 
Oh, man. But yeah, there you go. I didn't fucking... Uh, I read the whole article and I just didn't fucking understand how... How somebody um, smart enough to make that kind of money could do such dumb things. And and the fact that he's let all of the shit in his organization go on for so long. Meanwhile, the team is worth billions of dollars and they've done nothing. This is the problem with the NFL is I looked the other day. I think Sportico had a, a piece. It was the... Uh, the projected values of all 32 teams in the least valuable team was the Cincinnati Bengals, and they were still worth $2.2 billion. Fucking banana land. Oh, man. Listen. All right. Seeing as we are still in the toy aisle, a little say, toy aisle, talking nonsense, it ended up being a very sport driven program but what can you do uh it is time for the worst segment in podcast history not just this podcast but in all podcasts on earth and there are millions of them i think it is time for lock of the week it's time for the lock of the week. Last week we had a uh, a five fight parlay from Jackie Paley Jr. Fuck, I'm sorry, I hit it again. Um, and he whiffed. See, he won. He won two or three of five. I apologize if I don't have that information right in front of me. Uh, but in light of that, and in light of the fact that Jackie Paley Jr. is a horrible gambler, uh, he has allegedly taken a break from gambling. Two weeks into the Lock of the Week segment, um, he has uh, bailed out. Jackie Paley Jr. is now Jackie Fraudley Jr. So thank you very much, Jackie Paley Jr. Uh, in Paley's place, we have uh, a replacement. Uh, Scott Banksley, another gambling friend of mine, uh, came through with two props for this weekend's BMW Championship in the PGA, which is kind of what we're looking for here on Lock of the Week. He has uh, PGA champion uh, Colin Morikawa finishing in the top 10 at plus 80, plus 180, excuse me. And he also has um, Alex Noren finish in the top 10 at plus 460. Those are his two uh, props for the week. Uh, I, I don't hate them. I did a little research myself. And I went with a, you know, I want to call it, it as close to a lock as you can get. Bryson DeChambeau finishing in the top 10 at plus 130. Um, 
the good thing I like about PGA events is that they'll break them down into groups. This is real inside baseball shit here, but they'll break them down into groups where you have, you know, X number of European players, X number of Americans, and then you pick the winner of those groups. So, you know, whatever. It's kind of cool. I liked Matt Kuchar to finish in the top 10. Unfortunately, um, uh, my book, uh, DraftKings New Hampshire, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, they don't have uh, that option available. So I took Matt Kuchar to win uh, his group, USA 4 at plus 330. And then I went super long shot to win uh, Adam Hadwin, who I did a little research on. Apparently he can putt on this uh, surface. So uh, he's at uh, plus 18,000 to win. So super long shot, $10 bet that I made. Uh, to win 1800 Yowza. That would be nice. That'd be a, that'd be a good uh, bet. But, so lock of the week this week, Scott Banksley. Uh, he has Colin Morikawa finishing the top 10 at plus 180, and Alex Noren finishing in the top 10 at plus 460. We'll see how that goes next week. That has been lock of the week. All right, that is it for today's show. Um, I wish I had, I wish I could have just talked about nothing. It would have been a lot more enjoyable, a lot more fun. Instead, you know, I got to talk about serious shit. You know, and again, I'm going to hear it, I'm sure. You know, like, oh, you don't need to, you don't need to talk about serious shit. Well, you know, I... I feel like I do. Again, it's my show. I can talk about what I want. Um, And, you know, I I wish I didn't have to. And I feel like I have to because I don't want to be... It would not make me feel good if I didn't say anything about it and speak my mind in some completely uh, less than informed manner. And I will be the first to admit that, you know, that I am not... um, I don't want to say well-versed because that's not accurate, but perfect when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the situation, situations, if you will. But I like to think that I'm uh, informed enough to know that I can, that I can come to some sort of uh, opinion, reasonably informed opinion. So... That that's pretty much it, and I I fret say something like I hope next week we can go back to being stupid, but you know that's that's as if everything's going to be solved and over with next week, which as we all know, that sure as shit is not going to happen. My guess is that by next week there'll be. Uh, something worse to take its place. That's typically how this goes. It's just been a steady stream, you know, since going back to, say, February of shit. So. Um, so that'll do. I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend. Um, 
I hope that, uh, that all of you um, enjoy the program today. If you didn't, let me know. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. I'm curious. And if you liked it, I'd love to hear that too. But um, that'll do. Feel free to go to the, the Twitter page at ComplaintsPod, the Instagram page at ComplaintsPod. Uh, I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. There's a YouTube page. I don't really do anything with it. Uh, email showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. There is a website. Not much there. At uh, It's just um, uh, www.complaintsandobservations.com. You would think we've gotten, we've advanced enough, uh, you know, as a technologically savvy society that when you hear commercials uh, say a website, they can drop the World Wide Web um, uh, prefix. But what do I know? Um, But that's it. So until next week, take care of yourself. uh, Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.